and in running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes. You know, the coronavirus has been an all summer thing. As uh, two podcasts ago, we talked about how I had that allergic reaction. I'm still dealing with that. And then uh, on top of it all, you know, just life barriers that attack. Yeah, but, um, as what? What's that? Explain, explain the life barriers. Life barriers as in, you know, you, you can, all circumstances could be good. Your environment can be going well. You can be in paradise. But you're always going to have some, I mean, you think, what was the average? 32,000 thoughts a day. Some people even average up to 60,000 thoughts a day. So, I mean, just managing those thoughts with all these external factors happening. So you got external problems happening, but also they're making internal matters change within your own thought process. And that could prohibit certain um, efficiencies during the day. You know, if uh, if you're waking up and trying to grind say from seven to 12, you're dealing with some mental internal stuff. That's, that's just as much as an external distraction. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's easy when there's not a lot of pressure uh, and you're not actually in the field, you know, because right. behind the scenes, it's like, all right, I'm in a good space. Like I'm not teetering. But then if you, uh, you throw in the wrenches here and there, it's like really, you really got to adjust and like stay on balance. I don't know if, if it's better metaphorically to say life's a wrestling match or a balancing act, but either or, it's, it's one yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean, you, you can use any sports game as a metaphor, but as we said in a previous podcast, I think it was, maybe it was just me and you, or maybe it was the one with uh, Vanita Palma, but uh, life's infinite. Like, the, the, the game of business is an infinite game. Bro, you talk about, you talk about wrenches being thrown in. You know, Vinny, episode was it five, he tore his Achilles recently. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and that's, that's tough. Like, tearing Achilles is one of the worst things you can do. But then, like, the internal struggle to come back and recover is tough as well. Yeah, you know what? I, I was on the phone with him, and it's funny, dude, because, I mean, I play, we both played football with him since Kiwis, and that's, like, what, first, second grade? And uh, I got the chance to play alongside him linebacker right next to him for four years and I mean this kid lives and breathes football and yeah Boston College it's a year to shine he's he's coming up and uh, I call him up I'm like bro like my heart breaks for you and his perspective was like crazy he's like yeah you know it is what it is and um you know it just made me love the game more and um I'm just gonna learn I'm gonna learn from more film and I'm like wow, you're already addressed what has happened, <laughs> move past it, and how can I grow from here? And it's like that little switch that uh, certain competitors have. He was saying Mamba mon- mindset. It's amazing. Unbelievable. It's, uh, it's unbelievable, bro. Even like the way he – the fact that he reached out to us and said that already shows he's in a good place. Yeah. Really be, to, to be able to show and give to others, you really got to accept it. And he's like – I mean, man, it's going to – I'm just excited to see what happens because either way he's going to grow from this, but it's a mental game. It's everything's just a mental game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, and he's right. It's mama mentality. You know, they, they named eight 24 August 24th because Kobe wore eight number 24 as mama day. Yeah. And, um, I would like to get into this. I was listening to the rock Dwayne the rock Johnson. It was one of his previous Instagram, uh, video stories. And, uh, 
audience, someone in like uh, the comments asked him, um, how do you say so hungry to stay on top? And you always say, watch out for them. Like who, who's them? And he described it as, well, once you're on top, you're blessed and that's great. But the barriers to the ceiling, just because they haven't been defined and no one has gotten there, doesn't mean you can't break them. And you can't see, like, just because you can't see it doesn't mean you can't go. And then as far as them and the noise, he was saying like, yes, I'm competing. It's almost everybody in the world who's trying to make it to where I am. But the noise is really myself. It's, it's me versus me. And he emphasized on that for a good three minutes. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's good to have the competition so you can push yourself. But, uh, at the end of the day, like was said, when you're at the top, it can be very lonely. So you are the only one that pushes yourself at right. time. I think that's the thing. You know, when you have people to compete against, it's like, all right, they're getting me better. Iron sharpens iron. But then when you're at the top, it's like, you're, you're the shirt. You're leading people to the top of Mount Everest and yeah. you to motivate yourself. Let me ask you, because I know you texted me um, two days ago. Maybe it was it two days ago, maybe. And you said the diet's going great. You're feeling efficient. Everything's going good. Um, how has it impacted you like business-wise? Like, are you more productive? Yeah, dude, absolutely. I, and I think that's a really key point we should really talk about because in the realm of entrepreneurship and business, it's not just like that. It's mindset. First, entrepreneurship's mindset and how do you handle yourself. It's not about time management. It's about self-management. It's right. like, how do I sleep? Do I work out? Do I do that first thing in the morning? How do I eat? And for me, dude, I remember, I'm telling you, the stuff you've been, been mentioning to me in the episode we had about nutrition, it really influenced me because this keto diet, like if I can go by feeling alone and just how I'm physically, it's a game changer. You know, it's a game changer. Like I, you could mention all the stats, you can mention all this stuff about its benefits, but like I really do genuinely, I can say the results from this, I feel more productive. I'm like more in flow when I'm doing creative work and I don't have to worry about a meal throughout the day. Like I'll eat a snack, maybe like a nut or, or cashews or almonds, but like I eat one meal a day. It's out of the way. I'm good. 2,600. Yeah. Amazing. It's just, it's so beneficial on so many different aspects. Ready for this change, bro? I'm not even doing keto anymore. Oh, he's switching back up. What are you doing? I switched back to just a paleo primal way of eating only because of what's going on with my body right now. Well, just for everybody. It's just apparently I went to the doctor and I'm like highly allergic to everything that's blooming here in Florida only for like the last month and this month, next year, they said I should probably get a shot so I don't die next time. But uh, yeah, bro, my, my body is just like, it's, it's, it's an immune fight every single day. And uh, glycogen storage and just uh, fueling, I want to make sure my electrolytes are always um, being absorbed properly. And when you are on keto, you have to emphasize salt intake. You have to emphasize drinking water. You have to um, emphasize getting certain electrolytes, whether it be zinc, magnesium, potassium. And I'm lot, a lot of times during the day, it's either I'm driving and I didn't want to have those um, struggles. So I incorporated more carbs just to hold the water to circulate those electrolytes and circulate those minerals. 
Um, not a lot, like 50 to 100 milligrams. Yeah, I mean, that's phenomenal, though, the fact that you can adjust like that. I think that's the, the bigger message here. It's like, yeah, yeah. You're working, but, like, you're, you don't want to die, so you got to change a little bit. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. I don't even want to talk too much about diet here, but it's just like when we had Adam on and it was – if people are watching this podcast, stop watching, go watch the other one. Um, he was saying, like, no diet's correct, like – and it's 100% on point. It's so customary, and you got to fit it into your yeah. daily routine. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and yeah, I don't, I don't want to harp on it as well, but I do feel physically a difference. I, like, I could see a difference. And I think this is more so going to help my training because I, I took a step back to uh, readjust my foundation, my aerobic foundation, like really all of that so I can move forward. And that's what I wanted to talk about with this game of entrepreneurship. It's – I, uh, it is go, 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 and it's hustle, but I recently took a step back in order to like sort of readjust in certain ways and reprioritize so I can move forward faster and just keep failing and revising because every day you're going to lose. Like every day you have to adjust and change. The greatest thing someone said to me on an episode for Dream Big uh, for the Founder Series he said, entrepreneurship's a mindset. It's nothing else. It's nothing. Yeah. Else. It's, yeah. doesn't matter what industry. Yeah. I, I even told you this. I had a friend over um, about uh, three weeks ago and they were saying, hey, I want to get into real estate, all this. And I was just telling them, I'm like, yeah, it's very entrepreneurial. And that's what they said they loved about it. And, they, and But the way they described it was a job. I'm like, I'm like, entrepreneurship's not a job. Like you create a business and that business becomes your routine, your hobby, your yeah. job, whatever you want to call it. But entrepreneurship itself is just a swift of shift of mindset. You go from employee to entrepreneur. Yeah. That's really all it is. It's not anything tangible. It's not, it's not a structured phenomenon of a business structure. It's literally just a new way of thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy this is going back to the beginning point because I brought up how the rock has to self-motivate and you have to be the Sherpa up the mountain. It's the same thing with this game because this game of entrepreneurship, you, have to, you only grow your business or your venture or your position you know, in a brokerage by proving yourself and like learning skills, how to manage people. So it really is, it, it comes down to that because it's like skill development and self-development. Yeah. And you know what? I just jumped into all of this in real estate and it's funny. Um, my boss, not really my boss, like my broker, he uh, even said it to me today. He's like, you catch on quick. And it's not even that I catch on quick. Like the little things like, yes, you can know, like, how everything works and how money works and all that. But like my ability to multitask, stay efficient. So yes, like you have to have an efficient schedule, whether it be you have an 11 o'clock appointment and 1130 and you got to make everything work, but you got to make it work in your mind as well. You know what I'm saying? Like in between those intervals of time, many things happen, whether it be a family member taxes you or someone has to reschedule or this problem just happened, or maybe something's happening with yourself. It's just, Fixing it, staying on track, and then 
completely switching your mind. Like this podcast, I had an appointment before this podcast. I was real estate mode. And then I had to say switch Switch. podcast time. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a quote by Charles Darwin, uh, a person who dares to waste one hour of time has not discovered the value of life. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> it's, that was uh, Charles Darwin? Yeah, uh, it's probably. Not to harp on people who don't do that, but like you realize how important every second is. Right. Every second. Last night, uh, Sunday, I was just having a few drinks with my um, buddy, and he's like, yo, you ever check out Muhammad Ali in boxing? And I'm just like, no, I haven't, honestly, because he's getting very into boxing. And we started checking it out. And we watched him, like, not really trash talking, but, like, on the media stage. And I was just so attracted to what he was saying. And it was, yeah, like, he was standing up for race. And he was saying, you aren't going to beat me. But he was so confirmed in his mind. And McGregor does this, too, of what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. And the noise just doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that, no, that's a, that's really true. And I was going to ask you, what have you taken from sports? Cause you played it most of your life to now this, this entrepreneurial realm. Cause sports can Great question. I gotta, I, I want to hear the same answer from you though. Cause I think ours are actually going to be very different. Yeah. Now um, let's, let's do it. I would say with mine is yeah. Can you turn that up? Thank you. Um, the power went out for a second. <laughs> yeah, no. Turn on the other one, too, if you can. More light. Sorry about that. Um, first is, yeah, it teaches you discipline. It teaches you time structure. Everybody learns that. But what was unique to you is what you really got to take from it. So me, personally, I, when I first started playing football, I made the C squad, you know? And I wasn't even caliber with all you guys and all my friends, even in like flag football, like they weren't handing me the ball and just always being on the bottom and always getting hungry to push towards the top made me, made me hungry. And just, but then at some point I said, like, I, not that I was on top, but like I became content to where I was. And by doing that, I saw, I saw like I was doing well, but I saw so many people that were below me surpass me because they never lost that hunger. And the biggest thing I take away from sports and everything is the winner in the end doesn't lose that hunger. It's like what Goggins always says, like you feed a dog and he eats, he's still hungry after. And that's a true entrepreneur. That's a true competitor. That is a true warrior. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. I, yeah. And I I think when you, when you experience the bottom, nothing gets worse. So everything there, there on is, uh, it's like a gift to even be playing, you know? So like for me, I I agree. I agree with that point a hundred percent. And I was going to say work ethic is by far a crucial element of everything those early morning lifts man i i for when i played sports especially in high school it taught me a lot about the game but it was early morning lifts like times it would just be me and late night lifts and all out in practice every day 
especially the triple doubles during the summer. And it was day in, day out proving myself because for me, I didn't have the talent so much. Um, be, well, I did, but everyone else was better than me at the level I was playing at in this new group. So I had to do twice as, twice as much work. So for me, it's like you eventually get what you deserve, but it's hard work will, will really yeah. I'll be all. But the, the lesson I take from sports to, to entrepreneurship is um, it's like each day is day one. It's like you yeah. have ever evolving mindset yeah i want to clear this up for the viewers you were good you just played for the best team in the state of new jersey the best team ranked look it up and what were you guys like top 20 nationally yeah i i pull it up but i think it was yeah 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 and you beat our asses in the state title dude i was gonna bring that up even the state championship I wouldn't discredit yourself because even when you did get the ball and you got the chance to play in the backfield, it was like that pound for pound. It's like, I don't, yeah. care. I don't care if a wolf is in front of me. I'm going to like try my best because I think it's the one who just tries that. Um, it shows a lot. Like you'll get noticed. You'll get mm-hmm. noticed. I, I think that's the thing, man. It's like, if you're willing to be the first in the sprints, it's like the late nights, early mornings, first in the sprints, um, willing to do it consistently over many years. Like you'll get noticed. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think you learn more from playing sports or when you first stop playing sports? Like, getting over that hump, like, oh, shit. Like, what's my new, what's my new identity? Like, wh- what am I, how am I going to fulfill all my time? Yeah. The last 15 years, it was sports. It's a really good question. And that's why the conundrum with athletes – who stop playing sports like NFL athletes, college they see psychologists. They, yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. It's really tough. So I, I wouldn't put one over the other on a seesaw, but, um, but like, I will say there was a very different aspect to finding a new identity because sports, it, it taught me like within this field, uh, metaphorically of, of, of like how to dream chase, but then when you have to like find, find your new thing again, it wasn't that I was lost. It's just I had to find my new stick in a way. So yeah. when, I was, when I was through that, it's, it really is like, uh, it's definitely equivalent to those late nights, early mornings where it's like you're in the dark and you don't know what's going to come, but like you're just present in filling the shoe on the day-to-day to find your purpose. Because um, it is, and I say unknown because you don't know what's going to stick. You got to keep trying things. Right. Yeah. That, that you, yeah. Are, you are in a way, you really are like kind of losing, but it's like that willingness to try all the time and, pers- and persevere. Yeah. And like also for me, like for so long, I figured yeah. like, oh, this is who I am. And then I had this period of time where like, dude, who are you? And then I kind of find more, I found more of a direction. I was like, wait a minute. If you were able to like almost lose your identity and then recreate a new one, what other things can you not lose, but erase yeah. and then rebuild? Valuable. And that completely transformed my life. Love that point. Absolutely. Because we're more adaptable. Because we always talk about change and adaptability, but that's the exact, that's the epitome of uh, being able to change different aspects of your life. Yeah. And it's, it's the same with business and entrepreneurship. It's just like, okay, we're at a halt. This isn't working. 
okay, are we going to let ego rise and start pointing fingers? And is that how we're going to become a leader? Or even if we're not in, in a leadership position, are we just going to like look up and help hope someone fixes the problem? Or are we going to take a naive approach and say, hey, listen, obviously, I don't know everything there is to know. But if someone's done it, I can do it. Yeah. So let me erase, learn, and rebuild. And, that's, and as an entrepreneur, it's, it's not like an employee to where you got these hunches or like these months or intervals where like you have to do it. Entrepreneurship is daily changing, daily. This isn't working. The public's reacting to this. How do we, how do we change that image to the public? Like it's just constant change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I was going to say the, uh, the, the, the beauty of, uh, and, and for, for those listening who aren't in entrepreneurship, I think there's still principles and tactics you can take away to apply to whatever it is you're doing. Because I think the fact that you have to show up every day and uh, be your best self is, is crucial because it's all dependent on you. Like when you have all the weight on your shoulders, there is a level of pressure, but it's like, how do you handle that and do right. best by it? Tell, um, me, yeah. tell me if I'm wrong here and I think I could defend my stance on it, but I'd rather hear yours first. Um, isn't, shouldn't everybody try to establish the entrepreneur mindset? I can, I can expand on that of what I mean, but I think you know what I mean. No, I know what you mean. You can after I say what I say. I think if you were to say entrepreneurship, no. But if you say entrepreneurial mindset, yeah. Entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, because everyone, everyone has the malleability within their brain. And as Tom alluded to, you can, you can definitely change certain aspects to yourself that are comfortable and at ease and not fully developed to where they should be. And the entrepreneurial mindset is exactly that. The only difference between entrepreneurial mindset and entrepreneurs is entrepreneurs live the entrepreneurial mindset. Right, right. Yeah. But like yeah. entrepreneurial mindset can be applied to uh, being a cook or uh, a salesman or a USPS driver. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, like the way I'm thinking is, of it is like say like, dude, not even like this is a bad job because I'm pretty sure um, they're actually paid a decent salary. But you're a garbage man. Say you wake up and that's your job. You're a garbage man. And you have three kids, a wife, um, mortgage payments, you have a dog, um, you're in a basketball league, and, um, and okay, so you have a few things doing. As a, like, okay, you're not an entrepreneur because you're a garbage man. That's, that's your occupation. But I, if you you're adopt an entrepreneur. You're paid by the government or state or a company, yeah. Yeah, but if you have an entrepreneurial mindset now, you're able to make these switch changes. Like you got to govern three kids. You got to govern a good relationship. You got to govern and cultivate that. You have to govern your own mindset and just having an entrepreneurial mindset to be able to attack all these different avenues and stay so at um, one and so in, in harmony is like the mindset. Like you can still have the mindset and it will contribute to so many factors in your life just to make sure everything's in sync. Yeah. We, you said it a while ago where you have to treat yourself like a business and you're the CEO or like you're the managing officer. Like you got to see when you come home from a long day at work, am I making sure to spend a couple, a couple hours with the kids, you know, focus on the wife, 
eat correctly? You know, are these different divisions, you know, I have business divisions. Am I managing right. eating correctly? Because if I don't, it's just going to topple over, you know, and the important yeah. thing about that, what I learned is systems and operations are crucial to business and being an entrepreneur. So in life, the entrepreneurial mindset can be applied to that garbage man or whoever else you are because you have to have good systems so that you don't collapse or people aren't too dependent on you for certain things. But those systems can fail you at certain times, right? And the systems can fail you. That's why they say the goals are actually shit. You know, goals, you don't reach for goals. You actually, you fall to the level of your systems. You don't rise to the level of your goals. So right. it's, at times you'll, you'll fall to your systems, but then at that point you got to learn to readjust or not uh, put so much um, time or like pressure on that area. Yeah. It's a really cool. I, uh, there was a podcast with Tim Ferriss and he was talking about quotas and IBM, one of the most successful companies when they first started out, I don't know if you know this, they had really, really, um, low quotas and uh, Tim Ferriss was describing when he was talking to the CEO that he's like, why, why would they do that? Like they're one of the most successful companies. And it was because they want to almost, um, get rid of like this whole goal mindset to where like, Oh, if I don't reach my quota, if I don't reach my goal, like I'm not going to work as hard enough because it's so far off or rather if I just reach this little small goal, if I don't even like to call it, call it a goal. I'll just surpass it because it's all a mental game. Yeah. So they had really small quotas because they would all pass their quotas and now they would feel almost a sense of fulfillment. Like I can do this. So that's why I hate goals. Like it almost like, Oh, I reached my goal. I reached my ceiling. Like what? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. That, well, like, for, where, there's no ceiling. Yeah. It's it, the way they're doing it. They're like tricking psych, psych psychologically to make it more of an internal reward. Um, right. You know, you're developing the person and the skill, not just the, re the reward, external reward to it. But I was going to bring up, I remembered from before that the beautiful thing about sports and having coaches and then sports and not knowing shit is when you're in entrepreneurship, 90% of the time, you don't know shit and you're just learning it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, everyone you look at, they're like, oh it's, man. It's all save your ass time. <laughs> Like when you, when you see a great successful entrepreneur, you know, say the CEO of IBM, that man's probably trying to figure out every day what he has to do and new. Um, so yeah. he, he doesn't have it all figured out. So there's an aspect of like um, improvisation to it, but there's also this beauty of the reason you have coaches in sports is to show you what you're not good at. So it's important in entrepreneurship to have people who can give you like feedback loops and show you your blind spots because then you can improve. Yeah. It's um. It's like a board of advisors or like, you know, uh, managers or like partners or whatever it is you're working with. It's, it's crucial to have the people who can like work on the, the weaknesses or like be the strengths of your weaknesses, but also show you what you're not good at and what you can uh, make better. Yeah. I mean, and you're always gonna, there's always going to be more that you can um, do to get better at. It's like, it's, in, it's infinite you're it's funny i too i was uh when i was driving with um my broker today i'm like oh so where where do you see yourself in the next five years and like because like now you know everything like i feel like you're so good with everybody and all these clients like you have all the answers he's like he just looks at me he goes nah you're you're always learning he's like 
are humans always expanding and um, developing new characteristics and new technologies um, imprints these new characteristics. You have to adapt. You have to adapt to what's going on in society. You have to adapt what's going on in different regions, different counties, and you have to understand people. But that you never stop learning. Mm. You know, like the and I know you just got into neurology, and uh, like I, like the mind, like the field of neurology. It's like we're we're nowhere near other sciences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much still to learn. Yeah, that's human nature. Like that's you're studying the human mind. Yeah, exactly. That there's that fluidity to it because change is constant. But uh, it's important to know. You know, you think like someone in the entrepreneurial field, someone would ask, "Why? What in the hell are you studying biology and neurology for?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but you have to you have to say, it's you have to know how people act. You have to know how the mind and body works because then you can function most effectively and optimally. And then you can do that to then influence others. Um, I was talking to a friend today and they, and they were saying there's this certain level of control with things and learning, but then there's also this, this aspect of uh, the uncontrollability and the unknown. That's why I resonated with what you said with technology developing and advancing and, and people having new interests. It's like, those things are always going to happen and you don't know what might come. You can, you can predict that some things might occur, but it's like the controllability within yourself to learn new things and uh, learn the new things that are, that are being brought into the world. Yeah, no, exactly. You hit that on point. It's yeah. But dudes, there's also, I was watching an excellent documentary. Haven't watched it, watch it people, but uh, bro, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Netflix. Do you watch it? Bro, I seen like the beginning of it, and I didn't give it the time of day. Oh man, I only got two episodes in, so so. I, so you're you're highly recommending it. But I only I, I recommend it, but I also bring it up because he was like a master salesman uh, on many levels, and and used his sales skills to manipulate people, lie, and build this sex traffic pyramid scheme with young girls. And there's the white hat and the black hat to it. You know, black hats are people who do bad, Jeffrey Epstein, others that are high in power based off of fear and scarcity mindset. And then there's others who are the amazing salesmen, you know, amazing salesmen of our day, Tom Bilyeu, um, Gary Vee, like uh, Grant Cardone, not even, there's other individuals I'm not naming, but they're more focused on using their skills to manipulate so good can happen. And so they can be uh, off abundance and love mindset and, and make right. it better so it's like they're the white hats they're using it for the good so it's like what are you going to use it for and it's all a choice of how you use it yeah but don't get me wrong here um who's Wait. the guy who's the guy on wolf of wall street what's his name uh, yeah jordan belfort jordan belfort like yes <laughs> he he didn't use his uh, <laughs> was that get him on episode man that'd be an interesting right like, but he, that, that's exactly my point. So like, yeah, he didn't do, he didn't use what his knowledge for, um, like helping others, so to speak of like yeah. Tom Bilyeu and, uh, Gary V like his morale wasn't really there. Yeah. His ethical compass was not right. Right. But you can study a guy like that and just have a yeah. correct. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, that's a really great point. You can learn how to manipulate others 
but it's like, are you going to go down the, the route of hurting others to benefit yourself or like helping the world? Yeah, I see so many people are like, oh, no, I don't like him because he, he doesn't really do that. Like, he doesn't really do good. I'm like, yeah, but do you see how many people he influenced? I'm like, just do good, but copy his skills. Yeah, and he's, still, he's, he's like teaching, he's teaching courses now still. Yeah, but uh, that's, why the, that's why I brought up the psychology point. It's, in, it's important to learn that stuff now because you can influence others. But um, I'll always bring it back to the, to the self because if you can influence yourself, if you can influence one person, you can definitely influence the, the masses. Yeah, you can definitely influence the masses. And let me ask you, uh, have you been uh, reading up on neurology lately and this, the yeah, field? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I've been – Teach us all something. What have you learned? Give us all fun facts so we can learn something really neat today. Okay. I uh... – that's like asking someone to, uh, who speaks Spanish to uh, say some Spanish words. But I, I, I'm, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. I, uh, I would say that it's important to know what uh, like the, the main points of, of elements of dopamine and cortisol. And um, I learned that epinephrine is actually adrenaline too, which is pretty interesting. I yeah, didn't, well, I didn't know the term correlated to adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, I'm don't want to pinpoint me on this, but isn't it a precursor? It might be a precursor or it might just be another term for adrenaline. Yeah. But I, uh, I have to brush up on all that. I, uh, I'm I like, it's like, it's like the same problem. I, I literally just told you about the sports. I came almost content with how much I knew in neurology. And then I jump and I go back to like nutrition and I go back to this. And like, I don't ever expand on anything. I got to start expanding. And that's something I got to do better going forward. Yeah, deepen it. Cause then like applying that knowledge is crucial. Like if you can learn something and then apply it to like selling a home. Oh man, it's like, it's like a different feeling. Not even selling a home though. Like I, I, I literally enjoy looking at properties yeah. and just seeing like the structural design. But I, yeah, well, as- I want to get into that. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, one more thing about neurology, but if you want to go, you can. But no, yeah. So I'm going to tie this back into neurology, but like neurology and like obviously nutrition, like they have nothing to do with real estate. But like, I mean – if you ask me what's the most important thing I want to learn by the age of 30, not even nutrition. It's the mind. It's yeah. neurology. It's how do I make this guy in here my best friend 24-7 around the clock, 365. Dude, because this is, this is the magic and this is the beauty and this is what I'll say. I brought up the fundamental elements of dopamine and cortisol and epinephrine and neuroepinephrine, you know, uh, brain-derived neurotropic factor, learning all these terms. Hey, BDNF. BDNF. But like, the thing about all this is like, you want to know how all those things work. I learned all this stuff already in fifth grade and fucking, and, and, uh, right. I had to take in high school and college, but I know why I'm learning it now because if you can control something in this life, why not focus on how you can? If you can control this mind, because you can't control a lot, like everything's basically out of your control. You're just like a, a toy being like 
on the strings of this universe. So like you're being dangled. So if you can control uh, one thing and it's the mind in which you can then influence the world around you, then why not learn about it? Why not learn about it? So that's where I'm at. It's like my perspective shift to see the meaning in why I'm learning what I'm learning. I agree. It's uh... Yeah, but then on top of that, I wanted to bring up, do you know about the, uh, the microbiome and like microorganisms? Um, the basics of it, yeah. So that stuff, I, I will say I'm not adept in, so I can't mention it much, but it's something I'm highly, I'll, I'll trademark it and well, bookmark it. I'm really learning more about it. So as far as the microbiome goes, I can't really tell you the functions so much, so to speak of. I know the microbiome is more important to the human body than the, the brain. Yeah, well, exactly. Because the one point someone brought up in a, in a great video I watched was that microorganisms lived far before there was oxygen on Earth. So they're the most powerful. Most powerful. To be able to survive when you don't even have the basic the oxygen and element to live on earth. Yeah. And I mean, so for, as what I know about the microbiome, I could tell you what foods the microbiome loves, but it, like as far as what's going on in the body and like, cause the microbiome has got to be doing so many things, you know? So, but I could just tell you what to feed the microbiome and what's the best and what's the worst. And it, it's funny cause like um, any kind of like lentil or bean, is actually not good for your microbiome. And um, like, I love peanut butter. I don't know if I said this a million times on this podcast, um, but it's like, it's like give or take, you know, it's not going to kill you. It's also got other benefits. Um, well, does it depend if you have like an almond butter or like a, 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 pl a plant-based peanut butter or something, is that okay to consume? Yeah, it's it. So yeah, you have the factors of GMO and all that is bad for you. But the actual chemical compound of peanut butter when it's it's in your microbiome, please. Um, I know some nutritionists may attack me on this, but the it almost attacks the lining of the bi the gut biome, and it makes it a hostile environment for the enzymes. Mm. And I know almond butter may do it the most. And I know macadamia nuts and Brazil nuts do it the least. I also know like chia seeds and flax seeds and um, pumpkin seeds all are extremely healthy. Like Dr. Rhonda Patrick probably eats them every single day, dude. And it's on the bottom of like helping the microbiome. So it's not, it's not, it's, it's in correlation. So it's like you have, you would have to, it, you would have to make a judgment call based on your body of how you're responding. Yeah. 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 Well, damn. It's like the more you learn, the more you realize that you can't eat uh, so many things because the, uh, <laughs> the world doesn't really educate on that or doesn't focus education on these things. But that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like your, your ability to learn new information and change accordingly. And I think that's so great that this point is brought up because it's exactly that with entrepreneurial entrepreneurship in this entrepreneurial game. If you are presented with new information, if you get an evaluation on an employee and they're doing poorly, if you uh, find out financials aren't doing well, if you need to adjust because a recession occurs, like, are you willing to take that information and adjust? Are you willing to deal with the ramifications of the world hating you or, or people judging you like, and be able to be bet against because you're so convicted in your, in your belief in going somewhere. 
you know? You know, dude, that, that, that was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> spot yeah. on. It's, it's nothing more than learning from me fucking up so much. So that's all awesome. Hey, do you learn from victory? No, not as much as the uh, – Not as much. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll tell you one thing. Every aspect of who I am today that I'm truly proud of, I can't trace it back to a, um, a victory. I really can't. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I'm proud of certain things I have accomplished, but I'm more proud of how many obstacles I um, yeah. just drove right through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it builds the character. So this is a great full circle ending to entre- entrepreneurship. It's just if you're if whoever's starting out in a business or whatever it may be, and you have a goal, and you're an artist, you're a rapper, you're a writer. It's don't be so focused on like the end goal and the victory. Like like this is like we we know this. Enjoy the process because the process. You're going to look back at it, and I know I'm going to look back at it in like 20 years yeah. and be like, hell, man, that, that, that process was hell. That, like, I, I laugh. Like, that was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think if I were to end anywhere, I would end it where someone um, crack, snap, snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, pop. You can't hear it, but it's sometimes. Bro, I'm, I've had Rice Krispies in a minute. I stopped eating cereal completely after. Yeah, my, bro. I mean, whatever. But I don't uh, believe in Kellogg's. Kellogg's. <laughs> I would. I used to be a fiend for cereal. I, I just. I can't believe I. I used to eat that so much. But um, if I were to end it anywhere, I would say to Tom's point, a good way to frame it is. Don't strive to play in a championship because just because you're like, I'm in a stadium, people are looking at me, I'm at this level. Strive to be a person who has the skill set that can play in that game. And I didn't say that. Don't coin it for me, but I, I heard that from someone else. And oh, bro, I thought you, I thought you were. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be an amazing snippet. <laughs> no, nah, I wish, but uh, I'll, I'll, there'll be more more original snippets to come. But that's a really good one because when I first heard it. I wrote it on the board and I'm not going to forget it ever because I, uh, it's just the ultimate, it's the ultimate framework to build Yeah, the ultimate framework. So do that. Do it. 11. How, how should we close this out? Should we yeah. go back to episode one? <laughs> Will we amen out of it? Should we go with the, should the, the icons be tr- uh, the hands together or should we do something else? I don't know. We'll go like this. All right. Appreciate you, brother. And we're out. Universal symbol of goodbye. See ya. Ah.